welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for tops and bottoms. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did we watch? We watched What's Up, Doc? First time? Is my first time? Yes. Yeah, it was... Mm. Yes. Oh, so, so special. So tender. So sweet. Yes. Tyler, um... Do you want to give us a little summary, a little rundown of what it is? Um. Yes. It okay. It uh. Mm, um. It's it's a movie. Mm. And there's there's a lot of moving parts going on. Oh. In the movie. Right. <laughs> and there's a. Oh, there. So much regret for me. There's, there's you a, watched it today, right? Yes, and that's it's not that it, I don't remember it. It's this like there's it's, there's so much going on. There's a there's bags. So the whole thing is there's lots of people. They all have the same bag. They're all having their own adventures. And Barbara Streisand comes in as an agent of chaos, <laughs> and somehow brings them all together. All right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like that's that's what the movie is. Really, it's yeah. They all have the same bag, and Barbara Streisand is there. And then at the end, Perfect. they all have their bag, and Barbara Streisand is still there. Oh yeah, she's in the she's in the mix. She's mixing it up. Yeah, delightful. Tyler, how to go? What are your you know? Give me your your first impression. First impression is delightful. Like I I texted you. Before the movie was over, I had already recommended it to people. Like, so I had texted people so happy. and been like, have you seen this movie? And they're like, no. And they're like, is it a Bugs Bunny cartoon? And I was like, nope. You should watch it. It's on this streaming service. Watch it. And they're like, thank you. It's a great one. And it's one, um, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite comedies. Someone recommended it to me, you know, college. And I've passed it on to a few folks because it's just delightful. It's so good. It's, I'm surprised it's not one I've heard. You know, when you think of like classic comedies, I think of like um, anything, what's his name did? Young Frankenstein guy, Mel Brooks. I think of like Mel Brooks and I think of like uh, like Duck Soup and the Marx Brothers and like Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. I think of those. And I never, I think a little bit of, what's the Stanley Kubrick one? About the war, the bomb. Oh, the one with the long. Doctor Strange Love. Doctor, you know those are like the old comedies I think of. Yeah. This one's never in the mix, and uh, for me, now that I've seen it, it's in the mix. What's up, Doc? Classic comedy. Everyone should watch. You know, it's one of the, it's older, so it's like it's not like one of the R-rated comedies of today. Because I feel like a lot of comedies today, it's like, hey, it's R-rated, so it's like more for adults or like you know. Those raunchy, raunchy teenagers, you know, you, the youths. Um, it's just a good one. You know, you could watch this movie with your parents and it would be uh, delightful still. You know, that's what I like about it. I did recommend it to my parents because I tell you, my dad, this movie might kill my dad. He might die of a heart attack. All right. Because like I was wheeze laughing at some of the moments. What a way to go, you know. When he was just like losing it. And I'm like, this man. My dad is not going to be able to contain himself if he watches this movie. Mm-hmm. All right, it is like there are there's just the insanity of like 
somebody says something and then Barbara Streisand responds with like an insane comment and then they're like, what do you mean? And then she responds with a totally reasonable comment and it's <laughs> and, then, and then someone else says something and then someone else interrupts to say something else and then it just like spirals out of control and then like like there's the one scene where uh someone's uh someone's pretending to be somebody and then there's somebody just like this is there like later on like after you assume like an hour it's just like cuts to them and it's just like it's, they're not who they say they are and everybody's just like yeah yeah, yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's just like He's just like I, just, I, I don't know how else to say this. I don't know how to make you guys understand, and you don't. And they're like, Haha, "You're funny." Moving on. <laughs> it's like, man, it's classic. It's a great one. I'd recommend it to almost anyone. You know who didn't like it? My dear wife. And we'll get into the look. That's that's when we get in the nitty gritty details. But uh, let me tell you, it broke my heart a little bit. You know. And uh, look, I've got a whole, I've got a lot to say about it. I'll explain it to you. I'll explain what happened. We have very different tastes. You know, I feel like when I was a child, I was like, you know, when I when I find my companion, my partner, we'll be on the same wavelength. We'll like all the same stuff. And that is not the case, you know? And there's overlap. There's things we both like. But we like very different movies. You know, like I said, there's overlap. Things we both like. But some of, like, the movies I love the most are when she's like, I didn't get that. I didn't get why that was good. I think that was almost fine. Like, average at best. And I'm like, it hurts me. It hurts me so. I'll, I'll tell you more about it later. But here's this, this movie. That is great. Here's what boggles my brain when you say this, Cody. All right? Tell me. Is that this is, like, prime time period and, like, it seems like prime Bailey. All right? And... So you would think this would be the kind of movie that like our wives would love that we'd be like, ah, it's fine or okay, that was better than I expected, right? But instead, yeah. your wife didn't like it and mine definitely didn't like it as much as I did. She did like it, mm. mm-hmm. but there were lots of scenes where I was losing it that she was laugh that she would chuckle at how hard I was laughing, not at the jokes yeah. in the movie. Like she thought it was funny watching me enjoy the movie so much. So she supports mm-hmm. and loves me. Your wife doesn't apparently so that's all i'm saying and it just boggles my brain that this is this is prime them this is a Mm rom-com from the 70s yeah right and they're like i think it's too heavy on the comedy but like (laughs) bailey likes comedies but her comedies like her favorite comedies are like bad comedies from the early 2000s like ones that i've seen and like enjoyed where it's just like this isn't like a good movie but you know we can all I enjoyed it when I was like a kid, you know, and as a grown up, I don't think I would sit down and like enjoy it, but I might get might get a good couple laughs out of me. That's it. Yeah. Did she like the Phantom? No, she did not like the Phantom. See, that um, also boggles my brain. How did she? I expected her to love it. I mean, I don't like it, but what is what is her deal, Cody? Look me in the eye and tell me what her deal. I don't. Well, because that's what I'm saying. Like. She loves Medea. Boo to Medea. Fantastic <laughs> Which, movie. This has Medea energy, it. if I've ever felt it, right? Yeah. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to get into the details about it. I need to rant at you. I need you to rant at me. And then I can really pry this can open. Because I have a whole, I can explain what happened. All right. I don't agree with it, but I can explain what happened. For everyone else, 
for everyone else out there, this is a great movie. It's so good. If you're white, I especially recommend it, but I think anyone would enjoy it. It's very like, it's like Charlie Chaplin, Three Stooges kind of stuff. Like, everyone thinks it's funny. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves it. It's like, even if you sit there and go, I hate it, you love it, really. Really, in right. your heart, you love it. It's a good time. I don't know. It's Every comedy I've seen with Bailey, where I'm like, okay, this is a hard comedy and I love it, she's like, that was okay. So, it's hard. So, like, can we can we dive into the details? Can we yeah. get in? Can we, you know? Cody, hop, hop in. All right, hop in this Volkswagen Beetle, and let's just drive on down to San Francisco, a.k.a. Spoiler Town, USA, for today. You know, drive down Lombardi Street to to Spoiler Town. All right, classic San Francisco. Uh, We're in it. We're smashing up stuff on the way, you know, and we're doing it together as a team, you and me. All right? I'm are glad you, we're here. Are you going first or am I going first? That's the question that we um, would you would you like to go first? I can. Like this is one of the few times that I don't I have zero notes. I could yeah, go first. Same. Yeah. I'll let you go first. I saw this two weeks ago. Since because I got sick, so we haven't recorded. Mm-hmm. So I saw it two weeks ago. You saw it two hours ago. I'm gonna let you go first. All right. And uh, I'm ready. I'm ready when you are. Okay, here we go. Cody, this movie, I when it started, okay, like maybe the first, I want to say the first 15 to 30 minutes, but there's no way it was that long because I would have been more checked out at that point. I was just like, hmm, I don't know about this. This seems like an old-timey, like, what a wacky world we live in movie, and I was not about it. I was like, hmm, Cody, you failed me. And then it kicked off, all right? Then it started to spiral out of control, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in. Tiffany attempted to keep track of the bags the entire time. I gave up halfway through the movie. And she's like, I'm I'm have she focusing her entire being. She took a nap after the movie. She's still asleep because it took all of her energies to keep track of these bags. And she's like, Wait, who has what bag? I I'm losing track. And I was just like, Oh, I gave up. I can't I'm just letting it take me for the ride. I'm one of the bags. I'm just along for the ride, you know, I'm enjoying my time. This poor man, he's a rock music scientist or whatever. He's in there. He's getting his grant. There's some kind of government secrets being tossed around. There's jewels. Then there's just a regular one, right? There's four bags. Is that right? Four or five? Four. There's four bags. All right. They're all getting tossed around. The fact that Bar- so Barbara Streisand, which was really funny because I was like, I wonder who this is. I looked it up and it said Barbara Streisand. And I was like, what? Because I've only ever really known old Barbara Streisand. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh. This is why she was like the biggest star in the world in the 70s and 80s, right? Because because of movies like this. This is amazing. This is amazing. She comes in and I'm just like, that's when I texted you when she starts, like, as I said, being just an agent of chaos in this already chaotic mix of of a situation, right? When I texted you, you said, Cody, I'm watching this movie. I feel like I'm seeing into your mind. I feel like this is what formed young Cody's brain. All right, is this film. You said you got it in college. I think you were subjected to it in the womb. All right. <laughs> and it, it formed the synapses of your brain. All right. Because it's just such, it, it's so, like, she just, she. <sighs> Why does she do, do anything she does? All right. That's the question, really. Why does she come into the hotel and say, hey, I'm looking for a friend in this room. That room's empty. She, it's like, what? who are you? Why are you here? And then she orders room service to that room and then just goes into the room across the hall 
Whereas I was like, because it's like everything I thought, every time I was like, oh, I see what she's doing here, she would do the opposite of what I thought she was doing. Because, you know, classic trick, order room service, show up at the same time, be like, oh, I left my key in there. Can you let me in? That guy's going to have a key. He can let you in, right? He can go switch swipe or key key, and he can get you into that room, all right? Classic ruse, Cody. What does she do? Goes into the room across the hall with who? The rock scientist, who she's already claimed to be married to and dubbed Steve, right? Who's not his, It's not his name, but his name is Steve forevermore, apparently. So they're moving on. <laughs> and it just, their dynamic of him being just this nerdy little quiet guy and her just steamrolling over him at every chance. And then Eunice, Cody. Eunice was a treat, but oh. You don't need to marry Eunice, dude. If you're marrying a Eunice, rethink your life choices. I'm sorry, Eunice. Maybe you should have been named Dorcas, all right? That's all I got to say. You know, like, if you're named Eunice or Dorcas, you probably don't need that girl in your life, if I'm being honest with you, all right? But just, like, trying to keep track of everything and being like, who is this? Who are these documents with? Who are the secrets? Why did he carry the bag? Why did he always have the golf bag? Why did he dump golf clubs out and just leave them in random spots? And why did he keep the bag with him the entire time? All right. Why? That's why I kept asking myself, why does he still have this stupid bag? And then like these guys are planning to rob this lady. And it's like, all right, their storyline was the only one that I was always like, I get what's going on here. I am following theirs 100%. They're two idiots that are going to rob this old lady, all right, of her jewels or something. And they, <laughs> but it's just like, why do you have the golf bag? Why, why did this one guy think that the other, his like crony had these skills of seduction? And it's like, what do I do if she <laughs> Use your seduction. Say you were smitten with her and make passionate love. Can't I just kill her? It's one of the best lines. You have to make passionate love to her. Oh, can't I just kill her? Just this look of like, what? And then like, the, 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 there's just the chase scene at the end, and they're in the. the they're in oh, face. Tyler. Oh my God. Tyler, you ranted well. I we'll have to cut you off. Oh. Because it's my turn to rant, and I will rant well. Try let me tell you: is it is it Fritz or Franz, whatever the guy? He doesn't say say you're smitten with her. He says say you're smitten with her. Loved it. So uh, here's the thing: once now that I'm seeing this movie for a second time, it tickles me in ways that it like shouldn't. Because even in the intro, when it's just a sweaty guy with golf clubs like running up hills in San Francisco, I'm giggling the whole. Just the fact that he's sweaty made me laugh. <laughs> and like you said, he's random. Like, it's so heavy. Just like, you know what? He just like, starts dumping golf clubs. It, it just makes my heart happy. And like you said, you know, it's a tiny bit slow. Now that I, you know, one, watching it a second time, this movie is fully like won me over. But for me, as soon as like Barbara Streisand has engaged with uh, what's, her, what's his Steven or, uh, you know, whatever his actual name is, um, this movie is just, it's a train running. The train's going, and you can't get off of it. And uh, makes me so happy, you know? She orders the room service to get the room service, goes in the other room, goes back for a sandwich. The other guy's already taken the sandwich, eating it. Just her glare. <laughs> Looking at the guy who stole her rose sandwich. Priceless, absolutely. I love Barbara Streisand. I haven't seen all of her movies from when 
she was like in her zeitgeist, like 60s through 80s, you know, like you said. Um, but Hello Dolly is like one of my favorite musicals of all time. She's super good in Hello Dolly. So if you liked her in this, you may want to, I bet Tiffany would love Hello Dolly, but so we should check that one out at some point. She's great in this. Young Barbara Streisand, and she's also supposed to be a really good and funny girl, um, which is one where she's also supposed to be very funny. And it's a musical, but peak Streisand. This movie, exactly the level of Streisand I need in my life. Fantastic. Here's the thing. This movie, it's wacky. It's silly. It's a mix-em-up. But it's witty. That's what I like. I like how funny she is, you know? And like you said, just throwing everyone off, you know, left and right. Where it's like, everyone out here, it's a bunch of, like, nerdy musicians trying to get a scholarship. And she's in here just like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna mix it up, you know? I'm just gonna ruin this man's life. Just kidding. I'm making his life better, you know? That's what I like about, you know? What is it they all... He pulls her under the table, so then the other guy goes under the table, just the whole table of people having a conversation underneath the table. I love that she just wins everyone over all the time. It's so good. Oh, my goodness. Love Barbara Streisand. And I like that it's like, it's not chaotic energy. It's a lot of talking going back and forth. And then, like, there's also 30 minutes in this movie that's just a car chase in San Francisco. Absolutely fantastic. You know, that's... That's what I need in my life. I need some highbrow, like, funny dialogue. And then also, I need just cars running into each other and people running, you know, in a dragon costume running through the parade. That's what I need in my life. Absolutely fantastic. So, oh, man. It's a good one, you know? I like that she gets in. Here's here's the other thing with this movie. She... Because she is, yes, she's an agent of chaos, right? She goes in and just causes mayhem. But she does like the guy, you know? At the end of the day, everyone's life is better because of her. You know what I'm saying? Because she gets in there, she breaks off the faux engagement between Steven and Bernsey. <coughs> but Bernsey hooks up with, you know, the rich scholarship giver-outer guy. You know, the guy who gives out the grant. She exposes... Uh, you know, the guy who was trying to steal intellectual property, you know, by republishing a study. So at the end of the day, everyone's better off because she was there. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's what's so delightful about this movie. It's really, it's chaotic good, you know? And that's why I like this movie. Um, can we talk about, can we talk about how hot the music rock guy is? We get him out here with the bow tie on. He's trying to take his bath. His clothes are all ripped. Man's a looker. Um, I think he's in a boxing movie is the thing. I think he was a boxer. Then he's an actor. He's in a couple famous old movies. And then he was in this movie. Uh, you know, what a couple, what a pair. Fantastic. sweaty guy you know i could watch i could watch a whole movie of just sweaty guy running around dumping golf clubs i really could that would uh that would get me all i need like for sure also you have the judge who's just pounding like pills and cough syrup and stuff <laughs> that was me this whole last week because i've been sick i'm just like all right i'm taking this now i guess like all right might as well take this <laughs> All right, Cody, we have to cut you off when you're talking about your drug addiction, you know? Sorry to... Oh, yeah. Sorry to cut you off mid-confession mid there. 
Yeah, when he takes all his clothes off except for his bow tie and his boxers, I was like, oh, goodness. Like, this oh, yeah. guy is oh, way got, too ripped to be a musicologist. Oh, yeah. Um, he was in a very famous movie called, I think it's called Love Story, but one of the lines from that movie um, is, what is it called? Uh, it's like loving someone means you never have to say you're sorry. That's from that movie, which is why they say it in this movie. And he says, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So that was the big line from his romance movie. But yeah, no, he's a, he's a looker. You know, when someone's hot and it's like from 40 years ago and then they still look hot today, that's when you know you're really hot. Because anyone can look hot with like whatever the modern style and zeitgeist is. Mm-hmm. If you can look hot in a bow tie and boxers 40 years later, that's, that's true beauty. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Here's the problem I have, Cody. All right. And I just, yeah. I need you to be here in this moment and understand my struggle. This movie does not have a steel book. Not even like one that's ever been released. Rude. Really rude. I'm mad about it because I've got the Dr. Strangelove steel book. And I'm like, this one, this one's going to join the pack. So I looked it up, prepared to possibly have to pay like 50 bucks on eBay, like you do with the, the hard to find ones. Mm-hmm. Never been released in a steel book. And I'm mad about it. All right. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'm upset and I'm mad. All right. Cody, I'm not disappointed. I'm pissed. All right. That's what I'm going to say to my oh, kids. Yeah. You know, that's you what I tell them. T.O.'d. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's criminal. This movie, like, why haven't more people seen this movie? Why isn't this like the front banner of HBO Max? Like when I, here's the thing. I have to HBO Max yesterday. We were going to watch Our Flag Means Death, which is very funny. It's a very good show. Um, and it was like supposed to be, supposedly, topping the streaming charts. It wasn't on the front banner, their main page. I had to like go and search it out. HBO, you got to take this stuff and you got to put it at the front. You know what I'm saying? You can't, like literally I hopped on and it was like, do you want to watch The Flight Attendant? I'm like, that. Two years old. I'm sure it's good. There's new season. But why probably, isn't right? Why isn't any of this stuff popping up? You know what I'm saying? I think HBO Max has bad. You know, it's never the thing I want. You know what right. I'm saying? It's never what I'm looking for. Is like at the front, at the top of the HBO Max page. Yeah. So I was like, I guess I gotta go use your search function to find what I know you already have. It's very rude. <sighs> Tyler, are you ready to get into the nitty gritty? The nitty gritty. I'm, I, you know, I'm my grits. I, I'm in the nits. Here's the thing. Bailey didn't like this movie, and I will tell you why. Because I had to ask her. She equated it to. There's a very specific kind of movie. It's a dark comedy, like one's called Anger Management. Pardon my clicky clackies, because I have to look up another one. Um, another one I saw. It's got. Uh, I think it's called The X, but it's like Jason Bateman and. Um, Zach Braff or something. There's this specific kind of movie, and it's where... I don't know. It is where you have a person who's like, I'm trying to do my best, things aren't going well. And then you have their like ally, not their ally, their nemesis, who everyone else loves, just ruins their life, basically. And that's the movie. And it's like, it's a dark comedy. And you're like, I think you just ruined that guy's life. Yeah. And so I think she thought of it like that, where it's like she was so anxious for Steven because he was just in this mix of everything going wrong. And she was like, she just 
mess with him the whole time. You know, here's my thing. I also dislike that kind of movie. For me, this movie doesn't qualify at all because it's so bright and happy. Oh yeah. And fun. And every and it's a comedy in that like it has a happy ending and everything works out well in the end. So for me, that's not even a problem. Um, because it's very slapstick and like fun and you know, like, yeah, she's messing with him and he's he's just this playing the straight man. Everyone else is having a great time, you know? Bernsey's having a bad time, and Steven is stressed out the whole time, but everyone else is loving it. Yeah, they're loving Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Here's what so, you gotta know, Cody. Bernsey is Barbara Streisand. All right. Yeah. His, his, That's true. His fiance, who is not his wife, is also the one who is not who isn't Bernsey. All right, that's what you don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, so that's that's why she didn't like it because she felt too much the um, anxiety of that, which I get. Um, but for me, it's just like no, that's not that's not what this movie was at all for me. So I don't know if you can sympathize with that, but. So that's the thing. Yeah, the movie I was talking about is called The X and it's Zach Braff and Jason Bateman, but it's very much that where it's like Jason Bateman just kind of ruins Zach Braff's life and uh, that's the movie, you know? But it's supposed to be like a dark comedy, you know? Yeah. So that's why she didn't like it, but it goes it goes deeper than that, right? Because I think I texted you this, but she didn't, Bailey didn't like What's Up Doc. She didn't like Harold and Maude, which are my all-time favorites. And... Um, right after What's Up Doc, she was like, you should watch Scott Pilgrim versus the world sometime. <laughs> she's, like, she's already told me she didn't like, like when she first saw it. It's like, I didn't think it was good. Um, and I'm like, well, that's another one. Like, if we're talking Harold and Maude, What's Up Doc, and uh, Scott Pilgrim's World, those are all like top 10 movies for me, you know? Especially for like movies that make me laugh. Um, so it's just, we like different things, but those aren't movies she finds funny at all. You know, but if she was like, were to put on Corky Romano or um, Undercover Brother or Medea or like any of those movies from like that era, she'd like eat them up and be like, this is what a great comedy is, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't see how you can like Corky Romano and then think this isn't as good, if not like far, far better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just, I have a hard time. I thought I had Bailey's movie. Uh, uh, tastes nailed down, and then you said she didn't like this movie, and I realized I know nothing about her it's, movie tastes. Here's the thing: I could I could articulate my own movie tastes. You know, I like intelligently written movies, like whatever it is. You know, but there are also I like silly movies too at times. But you know, it's just in general, if it's well written and like clever, I'm gonna enjoy it. Whether it's sci-fi or horror or drama or comedy, you know. I'm all about the writing, you know, for the most part. Whereas Bailey, I know she likes anything where the couple gets together, they show their love and devotion, and preferably if there's a period of time that shows them together and being together and shows all the love, loviness, that's great. Whereas most movies, like, how do they get together? End of the movie. That's fine for her. That's a good movie for her. But a great movie is like, no, I get to watch their whole, like, relationship and which there aren't that many kinds of movies. Like, that's what she likes mostly. But then when it comes to comedies, like I said, they're much like broader, loud kind of comedies, like Corky Romano or Medea. Like, Medea's funny because she's outrageous, she's loud, she's sassy. She, she really laughs at Medea. Um, whereas this, 
I don't know. It didn't didn't work for her. So I th- okay. Here's the thing. I feel like in in the comedy space, right? On some level, I can understand. I don't know how it got to this point, but I I understand her choice because so she grew up in rural Kansas, mm-hmm. you know, which is just you know a nightmare. I'm sorry, I threw up a little bit in my mouth just saying Kansas. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard life. Um, and I grew up in. But a lot of people make it out of there. Yeah, you know, and I grew up in Arkansas and Missouri. And there is something about, like, it's really funny because I feel like that area of the country in particular is profoundly racist while also being profoundly, like, not, like, where you can grow up white and have and be exposed to so many things that normally you wouldn't in other parts of the country. Like, mm-hmm. I think much like her, I really enjoy, like, traditionally black comedy stuff, like comedians mm-hmm. and, the, like, the Medea movies and things like that. Stuff that normally people would grow up like. There's a joke I think in like Family Guy where a guy says like, "Oh, he's like says Marlon Marlon Wayne's is so funny," and then all the white people are like, "Who the heck is that?" And he's like, "You don't know Marlon Wayne's," and then lists off a bunch of other black com- comedians. And I'm like, I know who all those people are, and I think they're hilarious. Yeah. But the joke is that none of yeah. these white people from the Northeast right. know who they are. And I'm like, okay, so I think that's part of it. Here's, I think the main difference is I also grew up with parents who are the age of like your guys' grandparents, which I feel like broadened what I would normally get, and she mm. didn't. So she just got that like country bumpkin, <laughs> like the lowest of the low form of the black comedy, not even like the really good high quality black comedian stuff. Yeah. And like the, so it's just like lowest common denominator kind of stuff and not much else. Like, middle yeah. of the country, but, uh, yeah. And, like, you're out here growing up in California, you know, going to, like, ballet and stuff, right, you know? <laughs> well, that's what's funny is, like, I didn't feel like we, like, I'm the one in my family who's into highbrow film. My sister a little bit, too, because she's dating someone in the industry, so I think she got exposed to a lot of, like, more niche films. Mm-hmm. Um, so we both enjoy a lot of those kind of movies. But, like... She doesn't seek those out. My brother can watch, like, I know what my brother likes. We like a lot of the same stuff, so I can show him some stuff. But my mom, a tiny bit, can enjoy me. Like, my dad doesn't really like those kind of, you know, like, we didn't grow up watching any of those. Like, it was just, when I was a teenager, I got into Prestige, and that kind of got me into film. And then I, there was a video class I was able to take and, like, make short films, and that exposed me to, like, a lot of film history and directors. And I was like, I really want to see, you know, even in, like, high school, I'd be like, oh, Foxcatcher, I really want to watch that. I need someone to go, you know, I had to, like, beg all my friends to find someone who would, like, go drive 40 minutes away to watch Foxcatcher, you know? And I was like, this looks like a great movie, you know? Yeah. No one wants to watch that movie. It is a very good movie. But anyway, Wait. so I just, I, of my own volition, got into that when I was, like, 14 to 16 is when I started getting into those kind of movies. And then by the time I turned 18, I was like, I'm very interested in these kind of movies. And now it's just, like, part of who I am. Yeah. But, like, I didn't, you know, I watched Corky Romano growing up. Like, we, because we liked all the SNL people. So, like, I've seen a lot of those, those movies. It was weird, too, because, like, a while ago we watched one of the, because she has, like, a list of movies I need to watch. And most of them are pretty bad. <laughs> and they're movies like, you know, they're Medea movies. And there's um, Sharkboy and Lava Girl. And, like, a lot of these were, like, 
these are not good movies. They're just movies you saw when you were a kid. But like, because you saw them as a kid, they're part of your DNA. Just like I like Mortal Kombat and I grew up watching Small Soldiers all the time. I never make anyone else watch Small Soldiers, but it was like part of my DNA. That was like the videotape I used over and Jingle All the Way. Anyway, I grew out of that stuff and I understand that I was like, I enjoyed it as a child. It's not a good movie. I don't think she's come to terms with that at all. <laughs> like, watch Shark, she made me watch Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I was like, this wasn't good. It was actively bad. But she had that nostalgia for it. Well, so that's my thing. Um, here, here's my point. Oh. We watched Superstar, which is a movie I should have seen because it, it was an SNL movie. Yeah. Um, it's Will Ferrell and what's her name? And it's the character, Catherine Mary Gallagher from, from S- or originated from SNL skits. And I think I enjoyed that movie more than she did. I think she liked it for the love story of all things, but it's a comedy about like a misfit, um, Catholic school student, you know, that like is a total weirdo. And like, I thought that was, those parts were funny. And she was, I think she just enjoyed that. Like the goofy girl got with the hot guy, you know? (laughs) So I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't even think she likes that movie for the comedy. I think she mostly likes it for, the store i don't know so i don't so but literally ahead. when whenever it comes up where it's like hey we should watch like a movie from your list that comes up once every month or two oh you got, you got a fancy light look at you oh, i've had it for a while and when it comes up she literally she's like okay we can watch shark boy love girl superstar or Medea. and i literally go oof 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 after each one and then we pick like whichever one i feel like i can deal with that day yeah <laughs> but i don't think there might have been one movie on that list where I was like, no, I actually like, did enjoy it. But it's always like, I don't know how to tell you this. Isn't like, if you look up the reviews, you're going to see this movie didn't score well. It doesn't even have a good, you know, it's, one of, it's not even one of those where like, yeah, critics hated it, but like the audience loved it. Most of the time it's like, no, both parties on Rotten Tomatoes can agree this is a bad movie, not worth your time. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't fully understand her taste in movies yet either, but I know that she can get by on a good, love story you know yeah i guess you know i was saying like i we both grew up in the midwest me and bailey but i mean as much as i joke about you being from la really you also grew up in like the middle of nowhere kind of town like it's not like you grew up right. in a city you grew up in like still what would probably be mostly impacted not considered but mostly like like if you were there feel like you're middle in middle america except you're in the in the desert instead of like in a field of corn kind of thing you know right so there are a lot of people listening to country music in in that part of the yeah. part of california too yeah and my hometown is very diverse it's like it could even split between white black and hispanic yeah you know but uh yeah like you said you just kind of grew out of it which i so i've run into the same thing with tiffany but she liked this movie a lot because i think she likes the because the same reason, like, I kind of like the, the fast-talking Three Stooges-style comedy because my parents grew mm-hmm. up watching it, so I got exposed to it. It's very, like, a vaudeville, old-timey, like, two-man or three-man act where it's, like, yeah. one-liners and, and misdirection and who's on first kind of thing. And uh, Tiffany got exposed to it a lot because she grew up really poor. So, like, all the stuff they had was the old stuff because they could get it cheaper. Or it got, like, given to them by older relatives. Right. So, like, she's young enough that she really like other people her age are like yeah no i didn't grow up with like vhs's and all this kind of older movies but she did because those families got rid of them Mm -hmm. and gave them to her family so what i'm basically saying is 
Bailey grew up in the middle of nowhere, and she was too rich to have that stuff. So that's the problem. <laughs> that's the issue. Yeah. Also, I have no. Well, I'm trying to get Tiffany past the like watching kids movies all the time. It's not working. Mm. So I got. If you figure out that's a hard. way, if anybody out there knows a way to like push through that, <laughs> tweet at us so we uh, know. No, there's there's no way. But that's the other thing is all the old movies Bailey watches. They're mostly westerns. Her dad watches like her grandpa only watches like 50s and 60s westerns and her dad loves old like so they you know mostly just watch john wayne movies like you name any western and her dad you know even like the more obscure ones he's like oh yeah that's this guy he's in this movie this movie and this movie you know you're like oh you know who everyone in this old western is um huge fan of john wayne huge fan of like sean connery um as James Bond, you know, like those are all the movies he watched. Like, so hard, hard dad movies, mm-hmm. old movies you've seen a ton of. Um, I got a few fun facts for this movie. First off, this is the first American film to give credit to the stunt people. Oh, nice. The first British film was Moonraker. So, isn't that fun? It is fun. And then at the, at the beginning of the movie, when uh, she causes a fender bender right outside the hotel, mm-hmm. that was, it was spur of the moment, and the director was like, we don't have any stunt cars, but here's what you do. Go get a car rental. Make sure you get the insurance. <laughs> they just go in the car crash. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. Like, they got in a lot of trouble with um, with the city of San Francisco. And as a result, there's a lot more legislation now about what you can film in San Francisco. Because, like, for the car chase, there's a lot of stuff. They were like, yeah, yeah, you can film. They're, like, sweet. And then, like, there's that really famous street in San Francisco with, like, the really pretty, all the garden. And then you, like, wind the down the hill. Street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They were like, you can, uh, great. And, oh, no, no, I'm thinking of another one. They're like the, those famous steps they drive down in the yeah. in thing. They're like, yeah, you can film there. And then they like crashed a car down the steps and like, we didn't know you were going to do that. <laughs> like, you just ruined this super famous, you know. So they kind of got in trouble for that, but got away with it a little bit because they have all the footage. Here's the thing I want to take a second to talk about Lombard Street. I've known a few people yeah. that grew up in San Francisco and drove around San Francisco or have gone there or like had family there or something. Lombard mm-hmm. Street amazes me because it's something that every tourist wants to go. So it gets clogged up not just with traffic, which is already terrible in San Francisco, but with tourists. And they, hearing them describe, it's like when you get close to it, you're faced with a choice. To risk taking the street, which is now clogged up with people who have no idea what they're doing. And have probably gotten into a wreck halfway down it. Or go around it, which is going to take you an hour and a half to get to the same place. Or it will take you five minutes if you manage to just go down there. And they'll have like these stories of like, one time, three o'clock in the morning, I was driving doing this thing. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to risk it. And no one was there. And it was the most magical moment of my life. And I'm like, that's when your life peaked when you were 17 and you went down Lombard Street (laughs) with nobody on it. That's the peak of your life, and they're like, it's not going to get better than that. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> It's just like the street amazes me, that it's like a functional street that the people who live in San Francisco are like, I just, this saves me so much time because mm. it switched back so far down so fast. But there's a chance it'll take three times longer than yeah. if I go around it. So up. I stumbled upon that street. I was walking in San Francisco, and it was like, no one was on it because it was like a random day. Like, we were there on like a Friday afternoon because our friend needed to get, we were in Rexburg, and our friend needed a passport to be able to go to France. 
and the only like French, the closest French embassy or whatever is San Francisco. So we're like, oh, cool. We'll just drive 12 hours to, <laughs> Sounds like to a get this done in time, which is fine. Like, you know, decision. we're just going to do it. We're college students. We'll drive. We're going to check out San Francisco for a day or two. Cool. Uh, but yeah, we just like walked around and like I stumbled upon that street and like quick tower. I was like, oh, this is a thing. What is this? You know, just fun. And we got bikes, bike in San Francisco. It's a great way to get around. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Uh, so in the chase scene at the end, they were spoofing Bullet. It's a famous action film, um, which was also filmed in San Francisco. Cost them a million dollars, which is a quarter of their budget. Took 19 days, 32 stuntmen, and it has 11 minutes of screen time. So that segment with the giant pane of glass took five days to film. Um, yeah, took them five whole days to film. Just the, just them driving down the glass pane, moving over, and the glass pane moving back, and the other car trying not to hit it. It's a good one. I did say when we were after that scene, I I had to pause it and I turned to Tiffany. I was like, shout out to these guys carrying this huge pane of sugar glass back and mm-hmm. forth across the street without shattering it on accident because those things are su- like a a small piece of it is super fragile i can't like if you accidentally tap it with your foot that thing's getting shattered like that's the whole point of sugar glass right is it's so fragile mm-hmm. and i'm like these guys yeah. they carry a gigantic pain and i'm like those guys they're the real heroes all right that's that's what no one's talking about oh yeah that's why they credit the stuntmen you know Tiffany was very sad that they hit that bus and I thought it was funny. I was like, I even said out loud, I did the, I did a dad move where I was just like, Oh, are they going to hit it too? Oh, they hit it. Oh, they got that bus. <laughs> just every single time I was like, Oh, they got it. And then the car like stopped and it's like, Oh, it could totally make that turn without hitting the bus. And then just like smacks into the bus and continues to turn. And I was just like, Oh, that was good. I like, that was one of those times when I was just wheeze laughing. I don't know why it got me. All right. It was just such a like chaotic, like why energy that I was like, Oh, this is, this is delightful. Mm-hmm. This is a treat and I'm loving it. And I'm yeah. so glad we did this movie. I really enjoy, honestly, I really enjoyed this, like this style of like old screwball comedy. There's like a few, there's like an old one. I really liked it. Like, um, I only saw it once like how to, it's like how to succeed without really trying or like, how to film a millionaire without really trying. That's a good one. Like, I just like this style because it's like very loud, very silly. It's going for hard comedy, but it's also like clever, you know? Yeah. I felt, I, uh, I miss it. I feel like a they lot do a of, lot of this kind of stuff. If you ever go to like Disneyland, a lot of the shows are kind of like that style where it's like, oh yeah, just kind of very silly, like talking back and forth and one liners. And I don't know. I actually uh, I like it. Yeah. There is a, there's a guy, funny enough, Tiffany really likes. She's been following him like on, uh, like TikTok and stuff, um, that he goes to Renaissance festivals and does shows, and mm-hmm. he he does like a whip show where like he'll sing and whip to beats and stuff. Oh, um, and he's very funny. He's a comedian, is basically is what he is, and he'll like make jokes out of it and like change the song to match with him being having whips. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much all his show is. It's very quippy. Like someone will shout something out and he'll shout back with a like a really fast quip and everything. And I was like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. so I always enjoy it. But that's check fun. him out. His name's I think it's Jack Z Whipper or Jack or Jacques Z Whipper because he's French. That's what he says. <laughs> he Instead of Jack the Ripper, he's Jacques the Whipper. He's Jacques Z. That's Tiffany is correct to me. Jacques Z Whipper. Z. 
but uh he has like does like an there's a whole bit where he's like we do an adult show and he does a french accent and he says focus and it sounds like something else cody if you think about focus in a french accent yeah and he's uh-huh. like and he's like <laughs> they have to focus and then he's like and i want to remind everyone that kids should not be at this show <laughs> it's like he's done with his monologue and it's really oh it's a good show anyway it's very much that like that kind of energy that you don't get in movies. Yeah. It reminds me a lot, like you said, of the Doctor Strange love. Like her chaotic energy is very much like Doctor Strange loves energy, where he's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> the president's like, Doctor, he's like, Yes, my fear. <laughs> it's like you just <laughs> lose it. It's like, yeah. It's like, oh, you know, like but of course I looked it up to see if they came out and but that one came out ten years before this one. Yeah. So um like, Sylvester Stallone. Oh is a background actor in this movie. So you can you can like see him in the background in one shot, I guess. It's like uh oh gosh, who's that guy that was just like a random guy in a Bond movie that they're like, "Oh, he's just like a random dude." And then they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're actually really good. We're going to like replace you it's like six characters with you so that you can be in it more." Oh yeah. You know who I'm talking uh-huh. about? Who was it? Was it? He got kind of like bug eyes, and he's Spanish, I think. You know who I'm talking about, Cody? In which movie? It's in uh, the one with the the. I don't remember. It's the one with like the cult that's like funneling money, where he's like the televangelist guy, but he's like all about meditation. You know the one I'm talking about, Cody? It's one with Brosnan, isn't it? Cody, help me. This is killing me. Alright. I don't know I don't know how to You said it's a Bond movie? It's a Bond movie, right? Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. It's gotta be Pierce oh, Brosnan, because there's no way it's one of the other ones, right? Yeah. Right? Let's see. It's not Golden Right. Right. No. Oh, it's hard. Uh, anyway, you can just move on. I'll I'll find it. You know, <laughs> just keep going, keep on going. You know, um, this movie is listed in American Film Institute's uh, hundred years, hundred passions film list, and then the hundred greatest comedies list from the sixties. So, yeah, it's number sixty one for hundred greatest comedies. So that's you know nice, but you know Bailey hated it. So. <sighs> Cody, why does she? I feel like her not liking this is like a personal attack on you. All right. I just, I don't know. The thing is, I guess I've been watching movies with you longer than I've been watching movies with her. But at some point, I have to turn her. I have to convert her like I've converted you. Not that not that we have the same taste in movies, but I feel like I've opened your third eye to like a new tier of movies you enjoy. You know? Even if they're not your preferred kind of movies, I feel like there's a new kind of movie that you'll like sit and appreciate and like enjoy watching. You know? Yeah. And I need that for her to happen. The other, okay, here this is the other thing that happened. Because we have very different tastes in music, too. And I feel like most of the time, we most listen to her music lately. Anyway, she was, like, mumbling a song, you know? And, and I was mumbling a song, and it sounded like the same song. Anyway, she's like, I have to find that song. She put it on, and I was like, that's this. You know, it was a song that I had on my playlist i was like that's the song you're looking for and she put it on and i was like i didn't see i didn't realize you like this artist she was like i don't i was like you 
It's like, it was just in my head. I'm like, this was in your head and you sang it out loud. So then you put it on the radio and you're going to tell, you know what I'm saying? It's like, so you don't like it, but I got you to put it on, you know, without me mentioning it. And I hadn't played that song in like three months, probably. And she put it on. I don't understand it. I, I need, you know what I'm saying? I got it, Cody. Stop everything. It was, it was Dalton. License to Kill, it's Benicio Del Toro. Thank you for coming to my uh, TED Talk. Oh, Benicio. Go yep. home now. Yep. We've done it. All right, we've come together. We found it. We found the answer. How did I remember? I didn't remember. I remember he's also in Star Wars Episode Eight. That's how I got him. All right, and then I dug <laughs> through his filmography. Yep, yep. And I found yep. it. Like a hero. I'm, I'm a like national hero. One of his very hero. first credits. Vote you me for job. president. All right. I'll get Benicio Del Toro. He'll be my secretary of education. All right. Get him in there. I would, uh, I'd sign off on that. Here's, it's crazy to me that like, I hadn't heard of this movie until I was in college is the thing, because it was the third highest grossing movie of the year behind only the Godfather and the Poseidon adventure. So, I mean, the, yeah, those are the only movies that beat this out in 1972. My dad loves the Poseidon adventure. (laughs) You know what movie I haven't seen that's probably like along the lines of this one in terms of classic comedies? What? I should put it on my list. Uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Mm. That one's not on, but I've heard that one's like a great yeah. classic uh, comedy too. So, You don't know that one? No. Marilyn Monroe. Like the yeah. best Marilyn Monroe movie. Yeah. Um, and it's the one that, because it's like two famous like comedians of the era plus Marilyn Monroe, so it was like huge. I don't know nothing about movies, Cody. All right. It's uh it is Jane Russell, Charles Coburn. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But you know, they're in it. Here's the thing, Cody. Here's the real injustice. I asked my parents, okay? My parents. I said, Have you seen What's Up Doc? They asked, Yeah. Is that a Bugs Bunny cartoon? This movie came out in nineteen seventy four. My parents were in their early twenties prime time to go to the movies all right yeah they both went to movies during that time you know what's weird is i think my parents had heard of this movie or like they had seen it when they were you know back in the day but i guess my parents would have been they wouldn't have been the right age for this movie because they would have been like eight or so but i think they knew it let me let me put it into more perspective cody my dad was like you (laughs) He lived in the middle of nowhere in California, enjoyed movies and surfing. You didn't enjoy surfing, but he had long blonde hair. Mm-hmm. He had a convertible. He had a job that paid better than most of his friends. He would go to the movies and he would go surfing. And he missed this movie. And I'm like, how? Actually, I think at I this know. point, honestly, like, he was primarily married with like two kids because he was 24 and the, you got to get on. Well, yeah. It's like, the third highest grossing of the movie of the year. You know, that's like if I. If you were like, hey, did you see, um, did you see Star Wars? <laughs> you know, did you see Avengers? Did you see, you know, it's like one of those, like top three grossing movie of the year. Yeah. He, I, I'm thinking back, he would definitely say he didn't have time because he probably was married with children. At Children's, that yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, what a one of my, summer, right? a running gag I really enjoyed was Judy having like random, very specific knowledge of things yeah. because of all the... <laughs> I found a list on the trivia of uh, all of her majors. They are political science, Colorado State University, advanced geology from Wellesley, musical appreciation, Bennington, <laughs> uh, computer, oh, complet, computer, is that computer literature? Complet, Northwestern University, 
Archaeology, Tuskegee Institute, General Semantics at University of Chicago, Veterinary Medicine, Texas A&M, Chemistry, no school given, and New Math at Mount Holyoke. So there you go. Yeah. Quite the career. I like at the end where he's like, where she's like, I'm going back to school. He's like, really? She's like, there's like over a thousand schools, you know, so I got a lot to go through still. <laughs> and they just keep kicking yeah. her out. Oh. Uh, the stuntman who drove the car off the water, the Cadillac, yeah. out into the water, suffered a severe concussion <gasps> uh, upon impact. He does not recall doing the stunt. <laughs> <laughs> so they have him on camera doing the stunt, but he does not recall it. I, I, this movie was such a treat because, like, as they're going down it, down like the pier, and she's like, We can make it, we can make it. I was like, They're not going to make it. And then she says, We're not going to make it right before they hit the water. Like a second before, I was like, "So good, so, oh, so good." I'm gonna watch this movie again. I can't believe you. This is only the second time you've ever watched this. Like, this is one of those movies. No, no. Like, anytime. I think this is my third time. Because I showed it to some other people in college yeah. before treating you with it. This is gonna be. It's like a good one. All the people at church and stuff that are like, "We should hang out sometime," and they're like, "And I'm like, like I know I can't expose you to anything above a Disney movie. You're getting this movie. All right." Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I do have my only critique of this movie. <gasps> no. Well, I think the first hour runs great for me. Like the momentum is perfect. Like up until the point where it's like the hotel room's on fire <laughs> and it's like, okay, everything is, you know, dissolved. I think that momentum is great. Um, I think it drags a little bit somewhere between like the middle of the chase and also a little bit at like the courtroom scene. That's like really my only critique is like, and it's hard because this movie is like, almost nonstop laughs like it's outrageous it's very fun it's witty it's so i love that about it but i think there's like just one or two moments in it where i'm kind of like it drags that's my only critique of it which is it's very hard to do a 90 minute comedy that doesn't have like some stall or some moment where it's like all right we gotta take a break because we had just thrown so much ridiculous stuff at everyone that's my only critique of it, because otherwise I think it's absolutely fantastic, you know? See, that's, it's funny, because that's, like, when I think it really kicked off, is, like, the part where you're thinking it dragged, because I'm, like, like, mm-hmm. I I feel like it peaked at when everyone's at the the Institute guy's house, and all the bags come together, and everybody's there mm-hmm. shooting at each other, shooting at the ceiling, and pointing guns, and the old lady gets a gun, and she just unloads into the ceiling, Eunice fires a gun and then throws the gun away, you know, and like, and it's just absolute chaos. And they just steal all the bags. So they're like, "We'll figure it out later." I'd run away, and I was just like, "I like checked," and I was like, "There's 30 minutes left of this," and I was just uh-huh. like, "What is hap- What are they gonna do for 30 minutes?" And I feel like they nailed it. I felt like it was perfect the whole time, and that. But I was like. It's like this is like the end of the movie. How are they gonna keep going? And so that's where I felt like it like peaked, and it was like I felt like it was kind of more at the beginning when I was just like I don't know what's what's happening. But it I felt like the yeah. period when I was like this is going kind of slow was only like ten like I said ten fifteen yeah. minutes at most. I feel like old movies don't have very strong starts. Whatever. I feel like a lot of old movies start really slow. Well, I feel like... Even, like, the classic ones. The longer, you know, like, nowadays, it seems like filmmakers are like, you know, we can really just kind of drop you in, especially if it's going to be this kind of comedy. It's like, we didn't Mm -hmm. explain how you got to this point. 
we're not going to explain anything to the end. So why are we going to do all this lead up when we could just like yeah. drop you in 10 minutes further in the movie and mm-hmm. start going, you know? Well, I think, yeah, I think, I think really good, like really good writing dictates like, Hey, there needs to be a hook in the beginning that like makes you internally ask a question of like, why is this like this? Or what's this person's deal? Or, you know, whatever. Um, one way to do that is just to drop someone in on, on some, but I feel like now more movies have, they have like a little intro. It's like, Hey, this is the world we're in. And this is like a thing that's going to tie in later. And that's what he's going to do. But I feel like so many old movies are just like, all right, here's someone getting on a train. You're like, all right, they're getting on a train. Where are they going? Who are they? What are we? Uh... But you know, it's not like, I don't know. I just feel like old movies are a little slow getting into them, but okay. Here's my I'm just thinking of some of the old ones I've seen lately. Here's my theory. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stick with me. I think Star Wars is what kicked off this because it made it was like a transitional thing in that like there was still a lot of exposition, but they did the scroll, you know. So they're like, "Here's mm-hmm. what's going on. We're in it. You get nothing else. It's like here's the basic knowledge you need to understand why it's important. This ship is shooting at that ship. Now here's the ship shooting at each other. We're in it. Mm-hmm. And so then people realize like we don't even really need the scroll. We can just explain that in the first fifteen minutes as it through dialogue." Right. And that's what started like the move towards we're just going to drop you in the action. You know, mm-hmm. like the hot start to a movie instead of the like, well, we got to set everything up first and then do it. It's like, you know, you don't really need yeah. that. You can start it and then explain. You ha- then have an hour and a half to explain how you got to that point if you cho- choose. Or you can just never explain it. Most people, it's like, do you need to explain how they got from Ames, Iowa? <laughs> to san francisco mm-hmm. probably not you're fine you know yeah no one's gonna be like but how was it a train did they drive did they fly yeah you're fine you know so mm-hmm. um, my my favorite perhaps my favorite thing about this movie is like basically barbara streisand's character is just like what if bugs bunny was barbara streisand <laughs> like that's the movie yeah fantastic premise you know i'm trying to think of like you could do that with i mean it's kind of like if ryan reynolds was a woman you know and it's like yeah what if we just ryan reynolds was bugs bunny and we just threw him into this scenario it I, works great as a premise i think I, 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 that's what deadpool is basically yeah you know what if bugs bunny was r-rated and he was a superhero you know that's kind of what you could do okay well i'm gonna make you mad here cody i recently i hey. saw an interview with him where he was talking about his original pitch for deadpool 2 and this is going to make yeah. you so mad. His original pitch, right, that they turned down because they're like, no, that's too stupid, was the whole movie was going to be getting the X-Force, setting it up, all this and that, right? Uh-huh. But the mission was steal the red chair from the voice. That's what he wanted. Why? And then, Why? <laughs> that's, what, that's what these fascists at the at warner brothers or whatever whoever owns that property said they were like that's too dumb we can't do that yeah but in but like how perfect would that be <laughs> if that's what it was be great. and with the thing that i like was the only thing i feel like they kept from his original pitch because they liked the getting everything together was the fact and i forgot this and i was like oh that's funny they should have done that and then it flashed into my brain that they did do it that they had an invisible silent character played by brad pitt and he's like they're like how do you know? And he's like, well, he's visible for a quarter of a second as he's getting electrocuted to death. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah they did do that. Man, Brad Pitt 
Brad Pitt is cursed because he's too handsome, but he's hilarious. I just saw um, The Lost City, which is like a really fun popcorn movie. It's like a rom-com, a little adventure, a lot of laughs, a little bit of romance. It's a re- really good one. Mm-hmm. It was honestly better than I thought it was going to be. Bailey and I both really liked it. But Brad Pitt like shows up for like a short role, and he was like hilarious. It was so good. Um, and he's so funny when he just like he's like I'll pop up in Deadpool and he's really good. And I just saw Snatch recently. I was gonna ask if you his seen character Snatch. in that <laughs> is hilarious. Like he's so funny. He's just I think he's too good looking, too big of a star that you couldn't like yeah. just put him in a comedy. But he's really I think he's really good in a comedic role. Cody, let me ask you the age old question: <laughs> What do I want to yeah. care about? No wheels. All right, that's the age old question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't care about no wheels, and it's like the best. I say that to my, I've said that to my brother. Like he didn't know I watched Snatch is one of his favorite movies of all time, and I hit him with yeah. that. And he, I, it was unfortunate. I hit him right as he took a drink, and it's the only time I think I've legitimately made someone do a spit take, and he just lost it. Because <laughs> it so, it's been so long oh, since he's seen it. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good movie. Everybody go watch Snatch. I think it's just a delight. Th- um, this movie has a lot of snatch energy where it's just like what's happening everything's happening all at once and it's just like yeah it never stops long enough for you to be like what's going on yeah man um what else i mean what else is there to say about this movie i feel like we we hit on a good little bit we pondered a lot about the differences between uh my wife and myself which is always good to hear oh yeah is there anything else we need to touch on I mean, this is just this is such a good movie. Why did he keep the the golf club bag with him? Like, why was that just something he just kept? It was his cover. <laughs> it was his cover. <laughs> he just kept dumping these. You golf know, clubs there's in. a lot of people just running around San Francisco with a golf bag. It really helps you blend in. The hilliest city in America, <laughs> lugging around golf clubs. You know, it's so I, good. I respect it. Because maybe it was just because like I played golf in high school and like. It's so funny. They don't allow you. They don't allow you to use a cart or uh, even like the little like carts where it's like it's just three wheels you set your bag on, you know, so you can roll your cart. They don't allow that, which is really funny because in professional golf, it's like, no, part of the game is you walk the 18 holes, you have to go up the hills, whatever, but they have a caddy. (laughs) We're like, we're all young people hauling these clubs that are breaking our backs. You know, so something about like, watching a man struggle with golf clubs maybe that's why i enjoy it so much but I'm like this is so stupid why would anyone just like carry golf clubs when you could put it on wheel you know i don't know no. he's so sweaty so he struggled sweaty. so much just... <laughs> he just starts dumping clubs when, and then at the <laughs> like end, throwing them in a bush and then they're like not even in the book it's so good and the biggest twist <laughs> was when he's like i like i'm a government agent i was like what you're supposed to It's <laughs> such a like a what the heck you know this the other guy's the government agent right and you're the great you're like the the sweaty double agent <laughs> and then it's like not even like a like a it's not even a like oh i'm selling this guy's selling secrets it's like he's a reporter or like a whistleblower and he's like the people deserve to know and then at the end it shows him and he's got it uh, handcuffed to his wrist and then it's just the guy with yeah. like poorly hidden like, bolt cutters under his jacket yeah <laughs> following him. and it's just 
you're right. This is just them taking a Looney Tunes cartoon and being like, let's just replace it with people and see yeah. where it goes. It is the best. Yeah. It, like, oh, it's so funny. Oh, I like delightful it film. I, I highly recommend it. What would you give it? This one. Can I give it a rating? Yeah. What would you give it? Give it. Give me your. Um. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm so sick. Uh, only because of those like couple instances where it, it drags a tiny bit, I'll give it an A and not an A plus. But for me, it's that good. I'll give it an A. You giving it an A? Give me, give me one. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, it's just. Oh, I wanted to find. I'm searching for a thing that I need, and oh, mm, yeah. yeah. It's hard. It's hard. You know? Mm-hmm. And I just want to... I don't know what you're looking for, but I can I really just, sympathize. You know, just but why are you... Be the question is, what are you looking up that's going to help you I rate just, it? You know? Just be with me. All right. Be what with me. You know? Be with me. This movie's an A. It's a fact. I wrote it down already. It's Here's hysterical. the thing. What I'm going back and forth between is the A and A+. Yeah. And it all comes down to how we're doing these reviews, which I have changed so many times in my own mind, you know, of like how I do it. You just have to listen to your heart. Was it it? How did it rank technically? And how does it rank? How did it? How did it? Feel, how was the mouthfeel of it? You know, how did it well, come off the tongue? Here's what I'm thinking. All right, so if I was going did off it of please like you a, with pleasurable delights, if I was going off like a one to five review scale or something like that, you know, like a five what? point. What are we doing? I would give it a five, but the a the, yeah. the letters it's more nuanced. So I'll, I'll you know what I'll just I'll be controversial, Cody. A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. This is a great movie. It's great. Highly recommend it. I don't know why I'm mad at your parents for not having seen it. And uh, everyone go check it out. Now, hold on. Now, it's don't, a good don't start in, Don't start the outro for it now, sir. I won't. Because this is a Cody's Corner and you got to spin. You got to. You got to. Do the thing. Do the thing. Uh, uh, divine the film. Divine the film. All right. Are you doing it? Am I doing it? I've got it ready to go. You're get doing it. I told you. Your spreadsheet hates me. It doesn't. <laughs> I pull it up on my computer and it's like, I'll tell you what. You can look at this, but if you touch it, it will break. Oh. Maybe just get good. Have you thought about doing that? Oh, gosh. He wants to personalize it. I thought about oh, that. It's just, okay. It's kind of daunting. Are you ready to divine the film, Seems Cody? Like a lot. Yes. Okay. Divine the film. And Blue Valentine. F, dude. Did you say F? All right. Yeah, I said F. Um, no. In lieu of swearing. No. So, here's the thing. You like these movies. <laughs> No, I love this film. Um, just, you know, look up the rating and maybe watch it in a dark corner where no one else is. You know, I'm just warning you, it's got some content. Is it a sexy and, movie? Uh, it, you know, define sexy. <laughs> you know, that's what you do. You have to define sexy for me. Um, so just, you know, watch out. It's adult. I would, I would define it as adult and mature. Okay. But uh, Blue Valentine, it's a great movie. So this is one where our wives will probably not be joining us for the film. Or they will. 
hard. I want to make Bailey watch this one a lot. Like, I really do. But um, she's either going to love it or no, she's going to hate it. Like, there's just, I don't, I'm trying to think of any way that she She hates all things. This is a great one. You know, that's what we've decided here. Yeah. Um, Tyler, I'm really curious to see what you're going to say about this movie. Well, let's find out next time. Find out next time on Cody's Corner. Well, thank you for listening. You can find us, rate us, review us wherever you find your podcast. You can yell at us on social media at Opinion Havers, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Means galore. I think I'm, I think I'm a little behind on posting. That's okay. I've been ill. I've been self caring for myself by rage playing Bloodborne. So that's what I've been doing. You know. Thanks for listening. Until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. Can you tell I'm wearing the uh, the hairspray you helped me pick out? I didn't even notice. Whoa, notice. your hair's not even moving. It's not even moving. That hairspray is going to work. <laughs> Stop. Uh, well, I'm moving it anyway. Uh, for you.